What's going on, everybody? What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? Welcome, 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 welcome to the Opinionated Brother Podcast with your boy Devontae, episode 47. Man, how is everybody doing? Welcome to the podcast, old. Um, I don't like to call y'all old listeners. I like to call y'all current listeners. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's been rocking with me since like day one. You know what I'm saying? But to all my new listeners, thank you for coming in and sharing this beautiful space with us. You understand what I'm saying? Like, thank you. You understand? Um, how's everybody? You understand what I'm saying? How's everybody's week been? Uh, to those who are in school, how was your first week of school? For those who are, you know, uh, work, how was work? You know, because I know work and school can be stressful. Uh, I know for me, my first week was great. I started my jobs. Um, I started uh, school again, so my focus is more so uh, getting to the bag and getting to these grades. Um, that's where my focus is right now, repositioned focus. So um, just getting back into the swing of things with school and everything, getting back into my early habits of doing my homework early and getting things set and stone and done. Uh, but I do have a new announcement. So instead of dropping my see my podcast would always drop on Sunday right I will always drop my podcast on Sunday around two or three and I wouldn't mark it until Monday and I felt like I was like mm, that just don't sit right you know what I mean like that just that just don't make no sense so so what we're going to do what I'm going to start doing now is that my podcast is going to drop every Monday um in the morning and once we drop it in the morning, I will market it in the morning. So it will be around seven, eight o'clock in the morning every Monday. So more so eight o'clock because I get a get up around that time to go to work. So around that time, eight o'clock every Monday, but count on every Monday in the morning that my podcast will be dropping every week. I will record on Sunday. So Sundays are still the prime time to record. Uh, we can get anything you want to talk about and if you want to co-host and everything. But the podcast will be dropping that episode uh, that we recorded on that Sunday or that I recorded on that Sunday will be dropping on a Monday. Um, it just makes a lot, a lot more sense. Duh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it makes a lot more sense. So just a lot of revamping, a lot of retoolage. Um, I'm just excited to start. You know, this new month of podcasting, like, you guys are amazing. Can I just stop real quick before we get into the show? Like, you guys are super duper amazing. All my listeners across the world, like, you know, we just finished a new month or we're just transitioning into a new month. And let me tell you that the Opinionated Brother podcast did over 1,100 plays this month. And I'm so excited and super, super proud. I have to literally um, give you guys a round of applause. Uh, so it's just amazing, you know, and I and I can't thank you guys enough uh, for continuing to listen and continuing to just giving just just giving me your all, you know, just being able to listen to the podcast. Like I said, I tell people that if you're looking for instant gratification out of this podcast, then you need not to play this podcast because my podcasts are an hour to about two hours long, depending on who I have on the show. And, um, it's getting, it's, it's, it's lengthening in it's, in it's, in it's, you know, in it's time frame and it's topics, you know, uh, because I like to try and spread out everything that I can. Um, so 
you know, for me, it's 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 a blessing and a um, just just humble thank you to everybody that takes the time out to listen whether you like the podcast or you don't i just appreciate that you take the time out to listen and like i said if you ever want to come on the podcast um just email me um at info at tyronzahicks.com or just go on to our website at tyronzahicks.com and uh hit the about Devonte tab and let's network go st- scroll down to the bottom and let's network uh come on the podcast and we can talk about things um you know, I'll plan the show out. You know, I'll give it to you about two or three days ahead of time. See if you, you know, like the topics that we'll talk about on the show. And, you know, you can just come on. Anybody that's in the Grand Rapids area. Um, like I said, anybody that has anything disagree, agree with any of my topics, I let you come on the show. Because, you know, I don't, like I like I tell people, the Opinionated Brother Podcast is not for me to sway your decision or sway your mind or sway your mental any way shape or form and it's here to just create conversation and um to really dig deep into the stereotypes that us as americans especially black americans um especially black men um have in our in, in our society so um i'm always going to try to connect you know the purpose of my podcast to any type of worldly news that goes on you know local um national worldly and then you know just trying you know just 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 maneuvering through this this um this world of podcasting i just had somebody um just had a fellow podcaster black podcaster um just uh message me um on instagram and he was like you know how do you continue growing your fan base and honestly I have been laxed. <laughs> I have been laxed in marketing and um, really getting out there, um, trying to, you know, get out to as many people as I can. Um, but I told him, I said, you know, it's just heavy marketing and PR with social media and word of mouth. You know, every person that I meet, you know, they ask me, what do I do? And I tell them I'm a broadcast. I'm in broadcasting. I I own my own podcast. I own my own media company. And they look at me like, whoa, really? Like, what's the podcast name? And I tell them the podcast name and they instantly get intrigued um, by the name. So when people tell you that your name means something, I think your name is really significant to what it is. Because once people like, oh, the opinionated brother, like, what? What do you mean? So, you know, um, Keep pushing. If you're in the podcasting world, keep pushing. It's, it's not going to be easy. You know, it's not going to be peaches, rainbows, and, and, and dandelions and roses. It's going to be an uphill battle. A lot of people are in this in this industry, and it's getting really, really hot. And what you have to understand is you have to be different. You have to find out your difference from everybody else. For me, um, what, makes, what makes me stand out from the rest is that I just bring myself to this show. You understand what I'm saying? I'm not saying that nobody else does it, but in a way that I'm I'm just authentic, transparent, and all out honest with everything that I say. Now, is there some things that I say that I can wish I take back? Mm, no, <laughs> but um, if people get offended, I have no problem allowing them to come on the show and telling them how we feel. There is just no disrespect um, when it comes to the show. You know, I try not to disrespect anybody, but. You have your full-on opinion. So what makes it, you have to find the the nick. 
You know, what is going to make your podcast stand out? You understand what I'm saying? And for me, like I said, it's me just being me on this podcast and allowing people that I know who are working in their purpose and it not, doesn't have to be entrepreneurship, it, you know, just who are working in their purposes to come on the podcast and, and allow them to let their, you know, hair loose, let their, you know, drop their drawers on the floor or something like that and just let them talk. You know, a lot of people get, get into these spaces and they don't, they forget you know, that they actually have a voice and you can actually speak and, and you know, have have your voice inside of you. So allow your voice to not get, you know, I try to allow people to come on and, and, and just have free, just free reign. Talk, talk, talk how you want to talk. Talk how you talk to me. Talk, just, just speak. So um, find out what, find out the niche was going to make your podcast different. You understand what I'm saying? Um, so to that person, to forgot. Let me let me shout him out. Let me give him correct shout out. Period. To yeah, that's a fact. Podcast. Keep grinding, brother. Your podcast is everywhere right now, and it's going to take a minute. You know what I'm saying? Like you're on Spotify, you're on iTunes, you're on SoundCloud. Um, but you are still in the beginning stages. You're on Podbean. So just relax. Keep going. Keep doing what you're doing. Stay current. Stay relevant on the topics. I know for me, sometimes I stay off topic sometimes and I have to get it back, <laughs> you know, and revamping always consistently revamping is, is something that, you know, um, that is a big thing. So yeah, man, you, you're doing it. And to everybody else that's listening who are trying, who wants to get into the broadcasting world, podcasting world, radio world, keep going. Keep keep moving. I'm still a learning myself. I'm still learning as I go. But if there's anybody that I can help just, you know, give advice to, I would be more than happy to. So that's been my week, you know, but, you know, we've had a long week. This is this was a quick week, but it was a long week. And because we had such a long week, we have so, so much to get into. My God, we have so much to get into. So we're going to get into so much in the first half. So much. Like I have a lot written down. And for the PNA topic of the week for the second half of the show, we're going to talk about constructive criticism. Hmm. Yeah. And I'm going to dig deep into constructive criticism, too. Like I'm going to take it to a, I'm, I'm going to try to take it to another level. When, when I talk about constructive criticism, because I'm going to hit on some things that people are not going to like and people are going to get stung in their heart about. And that's OK. You understand what I'm saying? So we're going to talk a lot about constructive criticism in the next um, uh, in the next half of the, in the second half of the show. So let's get straight into the first half. You feel me? So let's talk Kanye first. So Kanye went on. A uh, he went on the radio station, I believe, one hundred four point nine or one hundred five point nine. It was one of those, one of those, one of those radio stations. And Kanye uh, apologized, and he apologized for. I don't want to say he apologized for the comment that he made. I'm going to say he more so apologized for the feeling of the comment that rippled through um, through America. 
And if you forgot the comment that he made, you know, a couple months ago before his Ye album came out, Kanye went on TMZ and he said, you know, slavery wasn't a choice or was a choice. I'm sorry. Slavery was a choice. And um, as you know, I, I, I sat here and fucking destroyed him um about it uh because and and i think what i what i what i didn't destroy also i think i put a lot of blame on kanye but who who else gets the blame to is tmz for that because and he said it in his interview kanye said it in his interview he said um you know tmz could have really 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 you know really stopped that and i think in that moment, I remember Van Lathan, shout out to Van. You know, you remember the video of Van saying something to him. Um, but even in that sense, I felt as though TMZ could have not did that. But you know why. You know who TMZ is. We all know TMZ needs the dirt, has to have the dirt for them to continue to strive as probably the top. Uh, media publication or media um, zone in America right now. You know what I'm saying? They're one of the top in trying to get all of, you know, uh, all the stories and everything together, blah, blah, blah. So my thing was my reaction to Kanye apologizing more so to how we felt to his comment, not more so apologizing for what he said. Um, I think I felt great after that. You know what I'm saying? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not mad. I'm, I am, I, I am still mad about what you said and the feeling behind the words. But I think the apology, you know, I think the apology was very sincere. Um, to some people, it may not come off as sincere. Some people may hate, still hate him and still dislike him. Um, I'm not going to say I, I hate him because uh, I don't. But I'm going to say that, okay, you made a mistake. You understand what I'm saying? Maybe you did make a mistake. I don't know. But forgiveness is supposed to be a thing. So for me, I'm going to forgive you on this basis. I'm not going to forget, though. Remember that. But I'm going to forgive you on this basis. And, you know, just move forward after that. You know what I'm saying? Because... Whether he is going through mental illness or not, uh, mental health problems or not, um, we cannot personally, we cannot as black people sit here and just throw him to the wolves. You know what I'm saying? Like, what if somebody did that to you? Seriously. Like, no, some real shit. Like, we know, we know Kanye's track record. You know what I'm saying? Even from a lot of us being on the outside looking in. You know, and how I look at it is even his family, you know, is on the outside looking in now that he has a new family, you know, with Kim and everybody. So it's just like when you're on the outside looking in, all you see is him going, quote unquote, crazy and saying off the wall shit. And it's like, we actually need to dig deeper than just letting him hang and leaving him hanging. But at the same time, we're, we can't continue to be, uh, beat a dead horse. So, you know, damn if we do, damn if we don't. But at the same time, um, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to forgive this one. You know what I'm saying? Um, he apologized. It is what it is. And if you're still mad, be mad, but 
he gonna keep living his life. I'm gonna definitely keep living mine. Uh, I still listen to the Yay album. I still listen to his music, and it's not a big. You know, I'm not gonna say it's not a big deal because it was a big deal. But now in this climate where Trump damn near said the word nigga, at this point, <laughs> everybody, everybody need to strap. Everybody, everybody. <laughs> Everybody need to strap at this point. So to Kanye, I really just hope that you are in a better space, in a better place, um, that you are getting into a better space or getting into a better place or both, and that you really have some concrete people around you. Um, I hope that your wife is, you know, really being there for you in this time of need. Um, I hope that Maybe the Kardashian clan is, you know, being there for you. But I hope and I pray for real for real that your family is in your life 100 percent and that some black women like your aunties, if you had sisters, um, uh, you know, real black women who are in your life. I hope they told you what it is and not just being scared because you're a celebrity. No, I hope you told that man what 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 it really is and how he is just not doing well he needs to get himself together and the shit that he is saying this this rhetoric is not is not great for our community um so to Kanye man I hope you get better I thank you for the apology so let's talk let's recap last week so as you know I had um Gary Riley on the show aka Motif um he was a victim of police brutality here in Grand Rapids um and i shared the video and i'm just glad that the video reached um almost over like 600 700 people like that was really great uh but i think i believe honestly um that there's a lot more police brutality that is happening in grand rapids it's getting it's just getting shunned to the back burner and what i don't like or what i didn't like about this particular episode you know, is that when it comes to real talk conversations, people don't want to listen, but we want to listen to things that are happening when it comes to worldly shit or celebrity shit or things that, listen, it could have been you. It could have been me that was in that situation, but it was somebody that I knew. You understand what I'm saying? And for him to come on the show and be so candid and open with me past what I thought he was going to say to me was an emotional feel for me at that time. And I told him that after the show, I said, I got emotional, you know, when watching it and then sitting here, you telling me everything, you know, so if you have not listened to that episode, I suggest that you go to the Yikes featuring Motif episode and listen, because that episode was an emotional episode for me just listening to him because I know him. I've known him for five plus years. You know, we performed together on stage and um, just being good friends for a long time. And uh, the fact that this happened in my own backyard to one of my good friends um, says something about the the environment that we're living in and that saying that it, it, it can happen to you too. You're a black man. You know, black woman, it can happen to you too. 
So we need to be, (laughs) not even we need to be, it's just, uh, I I, I don't want to say we have to look over our shoulder, you know, at every, every point, but it sucks. It sucks. I I should have to, I, I, I couldn't, I should have to trust, I should trust, be able to trust the police. I should be able to trust the police. I should be able to trust that you are doing your due diligence. I should be able to trust that you are actually doing the duty of a police officer, but you're not. You're not. You're killing me. You're killing my black brothers and my brown brothers and my black sisters and my brown sisters, and it's sickening. It's sickening. So I just, so to Motif again, I really do appreciate you for coming on the show. Um, because I know it's hard. I, I don't even, first of all, let me say I don't know. But in that moment, I could just feel that, you know, it was, I know that anything is hard for you to say that, you know, come on the show and just bring all of your burdens right then and there. And I just want to appreciate and say thank you. Really, really thank you. So like I said, if you have not watched this episode, huh, pause this episode. Go watch, uh, or I'm sorry, go watch, go listen to, um, go listen to the Yikes featuring Motif episode, all right? So let's get into Joe Budden. So as you know, Joe Budden is, you know, he's the Joe Budden podcast now. You know, three years ago, Joe Budden was hated. <laughs> Joe Budden was hated. I don't, I'm not going to say I hated Joe Budden. For shizzle, you know, but Joe Budden was hated by a lot of niggas. You know what I'm saying? I I think I got into Joe Budden uh, probably three years ago when people was not fucking with him, when he was going through a whole rebranding. And for me, Joe Budden was a a a, a great lyricist. He's a um, amazing lyricist. Um, but I never really listened to Joe Budden's music for real. Uh, I listened to a couple songs, but. Um, I never really listened to him for it, but I always knew he was very, very um, immersed into hip hop. So when I started to listen to the Joe Budden podcast, I was like, man, this dog, this, this man is dope. You know what I'm saying? Then he went over to Complex and he was, um, I really got into Joe Budden when he went on to Everyday Struggle. And, oh, excuse me, y'all. Burping out of the soul. Jesus. <laughs> um, Joe Budden was amazing over there. You know what I'm saying? Like, he had this essence and presence about himself. Like, he was just authentic, honest, and transparent. And he was probably, like, he didn't give a fuck. You know what I'm saying? Like, it it was more so just being him, you know? And people knew how he was. So, like, you couldn't be mad at him for being him. You know what I'm saying? And um, I'm so glad that he left academics and... I wish uh, Nadeska would have went with him because Nadeska doesn't need to be on that show anymore with academics. Um, but I loved, I love Joe Budden. And now Joe Budden is, is now industry. You know, he is, he has a new show on Revolt that's coming soon. He is now not on SoundCloud anymore. He will, he will be on Spotify come September 20th, uh, September 12th. Uh, like all of his podcasts will be exclusively on Spotify. Like I was like, I'm I'm looking in his his bio on the Joe Bun Podcast Instagram page, and literally it's a Spotify uh, link now. So I'm like, oh damn, this man is exclusive. So 
just just wanted to shout out Joe Budden, man. You know, I've, I've been listening to your podcast for a minute. Shout out to Cordell for putting me on. Um, Cordell put me on uh, Joe Budden when he was on Everyday Struggle, and I love that man it's ever since that point. That point, especially in the broadcasting world. Um, but he is going on a new show, so I just wanted to give him, you know, just drop a bomb for my man's button real quick. You know what I'm saying? Give him an explosion. So shout out to you, Joe. You know, hope hopefully everything goes well. And man, send me a Gucci bag. Safari. Getting niggas Gucci bags and shit. Send me one. So let's um let's talk about um you know, I was gonna talk about Tiger. But, uh, cause you know, Tiger, Tiger, because you know, Tiger was, Tiger, Tiger did something on, I guess Nikki had him on Queen Radio and Tiger was talking about, you know, how, um, he, uh, he made Kylie famous and every, or got Kylie popping, um, and everything like that. And, 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 and my, in my view of that, um, now let me just say that I am a big Tiger fan. I have. If you know me for real, um, literally, um, I probably know a lot of Tiger songs, just off bands. You know what I'm saying? Um, but when it comes to the situation, let's be honest, right? When Kylie and Tiger got together, it wasn't as if we said, oh, Ky- uh, Kylie is getting with Tiger because Kylie's fame is low. And Tiger's fame is high. No, it was more so reversed. We thought, and we we kind of knew that Tiger got with Kylie because Kylie was popping, and Kylie's still popping. And because Kylie's been popping for a long time, ever since she got them damn lips and that that that, that damn ass, she's been popping. And ever since Tiger got with her, she her and I'm, and I'm just being honest, her elevation in the world of popular culture was coming down and she needed somebody who in the black community matched her you know her swag for real like let's let's be honest matched her swag and as much as tiger can sit here and say you know i got her popping and blah 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 uh, it wasn't you know i'm not i'm not gonna say that but yeah, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> like, it was more so Kylie got you back popping in a way. You know, got your name back into the mix. Because for a long time, Tiger, like, even though you were putting out music, nobody was really talking about you. You know, like, we were talking about how your car got repossessed, how allegedly your car got repossessed, and allegedly you were, you know, didn't really have no money, and you got dropped from Young Money. Like, but you, you out here making hits now you know what i'm saying like i never had a problem with your music and i never thought that you was i knew you were gonna bounce back but in the sense that you saying that you know you got this girl popping again uh, uh, i don't know bro i don't know i don't know we, we gonna leave that one alone. um let's talk about obj man obj so as you know football season has started college football regular football high school football all football across the land has started and obj has now signed what a four or five year deal 95 million dollars bruh 95 million dollars now somebody asked me um did he deserve it 
And I said, for him, yes. Uh, and in that sense, because OBJ is one of the top receivers in this league, probably top two uh, receivers in this league. Um, and I put him at number two uh, because the person that is number one for me is Antonio Brown. Um, I feel as though, and and what I don't understand, I think this is where I'm getting with this, is that I congratulate OBJ for getting that $95 million. However, Antonio Brown is really, I don't think it's, I don't think it's still signed, right? He didn't re-sign with the Steelers yet, if I'm not correct. And if he did, it wasn't $95 million, you know what I'm saying? Because Antonio Brown is the number one receiver in the country. You understand what I'm saying? Like, there, there is no, there's no, there's no, there's no comparison. You can fight me over that. Like, we, we can throw bows. You understand what I'm saying? Like, people will sit here and kill me over there. Like, we can, we can go. Because OBJ is number two, in my view. And Antonio Brown is number one. That man, I've been watching Antonio. What? Stop. <laughs> like, for real. You know what I'm saying? So, I'm looking at both these receivers and I'm like, okay, well, if OBJ get 95, at least get my man Antonio 97. At least the same amount, if not a little bit more. You know what I'm saying? At least 100. Six years, 100. You know what I'm saying? Like, and even if I'm not even trying to pin these two against each other, it's just like the wide receiver pool right now is big. And with this type of pool, you can literally change the way, change how players are getting paid in the in the NFL. Because if you look at the like the NFL has a salary cap, really don't understand why, but um when a quarterback is getting paid a hundred and some odd million dollars like uh, <clears throat> Aaron Rodgers is got paid five years 134 mil what what because the quarterback has been the prima donna in the sports world in the NFL world for so long so OBJ I'm I'm excited for your contract for me as a fan of yours I want you to produce, right? I'm tired of the punching in the walls. I'm tired of the nine and sevens, the 10 and sixes and going to the playoffs and losing in the first round. That's what I'm pissed about. So if we can get to a playoffs and maybe a championship game, then I can put you there. But I can't put you at number one when you haven't done everything to get there. You understand what I'm saying? Antonio Brown has really, he hasn't been, I don't, I think Antonio Brown has won a championship with Ben. I don't think, I don't think so. But even still, um, I don't think he was here in 2010. Nah, nah, nah. But even still, uh, this man has, they've countlessly gone to the AFC championship game. You understand what I'm saying? Like, damn near every year with the, with the Patriots. And you're telling me that you can't, you, you, can't get there? Come on now. Come on now. But I wish all I, I wish the best to OBJ and I hope prove me wrong. I, I want everybody to prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. You understand what I'm saying? I hope your season goes well. I hope everybody's season goes well. Um my choices for this year though, uh for the NFL season are going to be 
<sighs> because I don't know. I think this is the last stretch of the Patriots, man. As much as I love me some Tom Brady, I just I just feel as though it's going to be two new teams that are going to be in the um, the championship game this year. I, I think the Patriots are going to make the playoffs for sure. Uh, probably at the AFC championship game. But uh, I really believe that you know what we'll see we'll see we'll see we'll see when we get there we'll see when we get there because i can't even make a i can't even make a uh, concrete decision for real. i'm thinking about everybody and everybody's you know line death lines are kind of kind of great you know their front sevens are pretty dope and uh there's a lot of team the eagles patriots um could be eagles patriots number two uh shit i could see maybe the Vikings and Carolina in that bitch. Uh, Jaguars may sneak up in that thing. Any of the Steelers, you know, because they mad. Pfft, New Orleans still pissed about what happened. <laughs> like you know, it's so it's it's so many storylines that could that can play off. You know, this season off off last season. So I am very excited for the regular season to start. I, I really don't care about the preseason. So. Let's get into 50 Cent. Um, Power. So, if you didn't watch Power last week, Lord have mercy, let us... um, Let us just... uh, Let's just give us some... Let's give a moment of silence really quick. Uh, Well, do we have a bell? One more time. One more time. So those three bells are the signification of a death. Um, we have a death in power, man. We haven't had a we haven't had a uh, real character death in power since um, what was my man's who got the uh, uh, he got the the damn shit. What was season? Was it season four when my man's got his? His tattoo, like, shredded off his neck, and he died. Oh, what was that? Julio! Oh, Julio. Julio, man. I had a real character death since Julio, for real, for real. Like, on some, on some real shit. Some real shit. Character death. And then it was it was Reyna. You know what I'm saying? So, those two character deaths were very, very crucial, you know? But I haven't had a, a real death to a drug dealer that I, I fucked with for real since Julio. You know, so Canaan died. Canaan, Canaan died, and I don't want to blame it on Tariq, <laughs> but Tariq is going crazy. Do you hear me? Like he is becoming the young ghost. Period. But that's not why I'm mad at Fifty Cent. Fifty, you need to get the strap on yourself because first of all, you will never tell me that there's two more episodes left. You will never say that. You will not. And then it premieres tonight. And if you don't have the stars app, it's already on stars. You're already telling me that there is damn near one episode left. Left? You, you, you petty. Like, I don't, you petty as hell. Like, you really petty. Like, it's, it, like, you are just, I don't even want to talk about it no more. Because <laughs> you petty. Like, why would you, why would you let us, why would you not give us a week? of power and then tell us after last week that 
this episode this week and the next episode next week are the last episodes until the next season. You petty as hell. You, oh, oh, but next, this episode about to be juicy, though. This about to be a juicy episode. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. So if you don't watch Power, you need to get on it, baby. You need to get on it, baby. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about Detroit Public Schools. So shout out to my city. Um, I did, like y'all know I do my monthly roundup, my monthly stat roundup for the month of August. And um, shout out to my city, Detroit, for being the top listening city over the month of August. Like shout out to y'all, like y'all are the, y'all are the shout out, shout out, like, y'all are amazing. Like shout out to Detroit, my three one three, my city for coming through with the love. You love a kid. I fuck with y'all too, man. However. Detroit public schools. Uh, uh, they had to shut down water in Detroit public schools because of high elevated lead and uh, lead lead testing in the water. So they had to shut down. They, they had to shut off all the water in all of the Detroit public schools. And honestly, it's really, really sickening to me that we are putting kids lives in danger educate like like this is what they have to go through to get an education and you wonder you wonder we wonder why so many of our black and brown brothers and sisters are struggling and going towards the 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 quote unquote gang route the quote unquote dope route selling drugs and shit like that it's because of shit like this you are struggling just to get an education in fucking K through 12. K through 12. Like, there is so much that you could, the government could do in our, our local government. Not, 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 the, not, not the, the capital, but our local government could do to nullify these situations. But you're not even doing it because you don't have an ounce of compassion in your fucking body. These kids are drinking this water. These kids are dying from this shit. And you are still allowing. We still have people in Flint. Hello. So what you're telling me is that water from Flint is trickling in his ass down on down to Detroit. It has been for a minute. You don't think it's trickling down to Grand Rapids now, do you? No, because why? They probably have a fresh water, literally a fresh water, um, a seal that seals the dirty water and the fresh water. I wouldn't be fucking surprised because you don't hear about shit like this in Grand Rapids, but you hear about it a lot in Flint and Ann Arbor and fucking Detroit that these schools are closing down because of high lead content. So what are we doing, Michigan? What are we doing, Detroit? Local government, local city officials in Detroit, what are we doing? Because you know what? I'm sick of my the next generation having to struggle to get an education. So what are you telling these parents that they need to homeschool them? Well, first of all, some of these parents probably don't even have the set, the, the education to teach them. So now we're looking at the teachers who are doing their absolute best to try and teach and be parents, second parents, to these kids 
who are trying to learn and to try to expand their mind and trying to educate themselves. But because we're throwing literally the kitchen sink at them, how do you expect them to move through life? How do you expect them to guide themselves through life if we are not able to sit here and literally give them what they need? And what the fuck they need right now is fresh fucking water in their goddamn schools. It's re-fucking-diculous. It's re-fucking-diculous. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yes, I'm a cuss like a sailor today because it's re-fucking-diculous. It is ridiculous. You are telling me that now they can't drink. They have to literally come to school and can't drink from the water fountain. Why? Because they might get lead in their fucking systems. Flint has already been that way and we still have not nullified that situation. We still haven't. We've pushed that shit to the back burner. No, I'm still going to talk about that. We're still not going to let that Flint shit die. We're still, we're, we, they, 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 they even, they have, they have probably triple to quadruple the lead content in their water. And we still haven't done anything. And now it's trickling down to Detroit. And now y'all are not doing anything still. This is fucking ridiculous. This is fucking ridiculous. This is ridiculous. And you know who goes to these Detroit public schools? Us. Black kids, brown kids, brown bodies. Black and brown bodies are going to these schools. And when a white person can sit here and tell me, well, no, no, because would you put your child in this school? Would you put your child in this school? No. Okay, then. So what makes you fucking think that I want my child, my brother, my sister, my god brother, my god sister, my cousin in this fucking environment to the point where they can't even get a decent education. Sorry, y'all. I'm sorry. I got, I got a little upset <laughs> because it, it pisses me off. That pisses me off. The point that we sit here and we sweep so much shit under the rug. And, you know, we want to talk about shit that don't really matter. You understand what I'm saying? I'm going to hit on these topics. I'm going to talk about shit that is local in my community. I don't give a fuck who like it or not. I don't care if you like me or not. I don't care. I'm here for these kids. I'm trying to foster into the new gener- the next generation. And this is not fostering. We're trying to kill them. We're trying to kill the next generation of black and brown bodies. At least the government is. And you, and you telling me that this... That nothing can be solved? You're bullshit. You, you're on bullshit. There's a whole bunch of BS that's going on that is literally, I can't. Flint still needs help. Detroit public schools now need help. But you don't hear shit about this shit, none in Grand Rapids. I'm telling you. I'm telling you West Michigan, East Michigan, to- two totally different Size of the fucking planet. I will write a book about it one day. <laughs> um, so let's talk about these STDs really quick, y'all. No legit. Um, so the CDC put out a um, Lord have mercy. The CDC put out a um, 
they put out a study that the U.S. has now hit a record high of STDs with gonorrhea, chlamydia, and uh, what was it? Gonorrhea, chlamydia, and um, it was one other one, but STDs. Period. They've on record people have, I think, two point three million people have contracted at least one of those diseases, and that's three hundred. That's what they say, that's that's up from last year where they hit 2 million. So they broke the record again. So what I'm going to say to you guys is be picky and be fucking careful, okay? Go get tested, please. Please, 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 please. Asking to go get tested is a sign of maturity, first of all. I don't I don't get why so many people get offended. Your feelings get hurt when, why you want me to go get tested? Because, bitch, I don't know what you got. And, nigga, I don't know what I have either. Well, first of all, so let's both go get tested so we can be clean. And if we clean, no, actually, when we clean, then we can actually do what the fuck we want to do. Period. I don't understand why... People get so offended by that. So I can check my body for because you're not about to sit here and give me nothing. But so you know what my mom always taught me. My mom always always told me some shit, you know, and I'm gonna share it with y'all because my mama is wild. I love her to death. Um and I actually tried this. Um so my mom always <laughs> my mom's always cool. She always gave me remedies, you know, to always you know, she always gave me, like, little quotes and shit. You know, her little mannerisms. And some of them always stuck with me. And here's one of them. She said, to know that a woman has something, right? And my mom is a woman, so she would know. She was like, to know if a woman has any type of STI, STD, this is what you do. You take some earwax in your ear. Now, trust me, y'all. I'm, I'm, when she's telling me this, I'm, like, 13, 14, and I'm sitting here like, what do you mean? Like, what are you talking about? So she's like, take some earwax and before you go, you know, into anything, before you do anything, uh, you take some earwax and uh, you, you, you dig it with your pinky finger and <laughs> you put it up her vagina, right? And if you hear a sizzle and or she jerks, really hard you'll know that she kind of has something and i said ma that don't that don't work no you lying like seriously don't like on some real shit i'm like no that you lying you lying 16 years old i tried that shit i kid you not six 16 17 years of years of age i tried what my mama told me to try and i tried it and lord and behold lord and freaking behold now i don't know I, at first, I was like, "Well, maybe it's because I just stuck my pinky in there." But my my pinky is very skinny. It's 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 not even like four inches, so she, you're not probably gonna feel anything. So literally, I didn't even go in that deeply. I just stuck the tip of my pinky in there with wax, not even a lot of wax, just a little bit, and it was <laughs> it was like a and she oh. And I was like, mm mm. <laughs> so from that point, it was like, I don't know if I want to trust this again or try. But, you know, 
my mama always had that remedy and I was like, whoa, you know. So for those who want to try it, <laughs> if you feel or expect that your significant other has something. Um, now, ladies, I wouldn't suggest that you do the same thing for the penis. Um, I would just ask him to go, you know, go get checked or if you or if, or if you have a remedy to see if he has anything um, in his penis, if you have like a little, you know, remedy like my mom. Um, hit me up. Let me know. I'll, I'll say it next week on the show. Like, let me know. But, um, yeah, yeah. Let's just make sure we're just being safe. Uh, because that's 2.3 million people. That's, that's 2,300,000 people. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's a lot of people, guys. Like, that's ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? Like, we have to be more careful. Like, we have to be a lot more careful. Like, we just fucking without condoms. And I'm on, I'm, I've, 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 listen, no glove, no love. Do you hear what I'm saying? And I know condoms don't feel this. Listen, I get it. I know. Trust me, I know. Condoms, they don't feel great. But you're not going to feel great either when you start to burn. And when you start to sit there and be like, what are all these pimples on my shit? Period. And you're looking down at your vagina and you're like, whoa. You're looking down at your dick like, why does it look like that? I'm just saying. I'm just saying, I, I hate to play devil's advocate, but I'm just saying, go ahead and raw dog, but I hope you tested it first, because if it ain't, Lord have mercy, you about to go on a whole trip on your favorite rocket ship, zooming through the sky, little eye, sorry, uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, y'all, just be more careful, please, just be a lot more careful, please, um, so let's get into Aretha's funeral, y'all, so, you know, the queen of soul has left us in power and in peace. And when I tell you, <laughs> boy, she, her funeral felt like a whole concert. Okay. Um, but Aretha's funeral was big. She came out, I felt like she was about to come out the casket and just sing real quick. Um, a hundred pink Cadillacs flooded the streets of Detroit. Um, I think it was I don't know if it was Second Ebenezer, but I don't know if uh, I don't know if it was Second Eb or Greater Grace that hosted the funeral. I think it was one of those. But um, uh, she had performers like Ariana Grande. Let's get into her really quick. Um, Ariana, don't you ever come to a black funeral with that short ass dress on again, hon? Again, I don't know. What funerals you go to and your dress is that short, hon. You need to come correct next time. Don't you ever, ever, and I mean ever, come to a funeral. If you get the opportunity to sing for a great again, you better come looking like a nun. You better come with a hijab on your damn head. And I need you covered from head to toe. Because the way Bill Clinton and fucking Al Sharpton and Reverend Jackson Jackson was talking about you from behind, that is not what we need while we are trying to celebrate the Queen of Soul. Do you hear what I'm saying? That was not it. Okay? So, hon... Next time you come to a black funeral or a funeral period, make sure you dress appropriately. So, and I'm not saying that it was your fault because I'm about to get into Bill and um, 
all of their asses in a minute. Uh, but what I will say is that your dress was inappropriate for the funeral. Um, you saw how Fantasia came. You saw how every other singer and performer came. You saw how the Clark sisters came. You saw how Jay Hood came. You saw how Fantasia came. Um, you saw how everybody came in that thing. And you decided to wear a dress that you were going to um, your homecoming 2016 in. Uh, what I need to let you know is don't you ever come like that again, okay? Now, to Bill Clinton and Reverend Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton. Uh, y'all are some old-ass perverts. Um, y'all need to get your lives in order, especially you, Bill. Um, Mona, you, you just have not learned from Monica Lewinsky, have you? You just have not learned. You didn't learn at all. And uh, what I need to tell you, Bill, is that you need to get your ass beat. You need to get your ass slapped. Hillary stopped need. I hope Hillary went back to the house and beat your whole ass. Like, I hope she beat the devil out of you because you was just looking at Ariana ass just a little bit too much. And then Reverend Justin, why are you entertaining it? You understand what I'm saying? Why are you over there talking about it and shit? You point at her and everything like that. Like, no, period. No matter how, like, like, period. Okay? You understand what I'm saying? And Bill, how I know you was intrigued by Ariana ass is because the picture of somebody else singing, the old lady singing, you did not look intrigued. You looked sad. You looked shook. Okay, you look like you didn't like what you saw from behind. Okay, so since you didn't like what you saw from behind, you looked sad. But since you saw what you like from behind, from a married woman, as I might add, too, um, you were just talking a lot of shit. And then I was shopping like, I don't want to do nothing. Yeah, you you keep your eyes in your head. You understand what I'm saying? But uh, y'all three need to get it together. Okay. Al, uh, Reverend Jesse looked like he was literally about to, a six-hour funeral. Six hours, good God, I couldn't stay that long. Um, yeah, but, um, rest in power to the queen. Um, everybody killed it. Fantasia destroyed the stage. J-Hud destroyed the stage. The Clarkson destroyed the stage. I mean, just destroyed it. Just took it back. I, it was amazing. Um, so shout out to y'all. Y'all did that. Like, y'all really, really did that. But, um, I really wanted to just, just get on your ass, uh, Ariana and, uh, the Three Musketeers and Bill Clinton, you know, Reverend Jesse and, uh, Al Sharpton, uh, just to, just to tell y'all, don't, don't do that no more. Don't do that no more. And, uh, to the pastor, um, your hand was a little high. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, you don't hug her like that. You understand what I'm saying? You have to, it's, it's just too much. The black churches is too much. You, you just, just too much. You understand what I'm saying? Like when we do a funeral, let us mourn, okay? Let us do what we need to do, but you need not to be as um, overbearing as you were. You understand what I'm saying? Like you don't hold no woman like that. No young woman when you are a man of God, quote unquote. Um, just, just wanted to let you know. So just be careful. Uh, and that is why the MVP of the week is Miss Fantasia, because if you don't, if you didn't hear Fantasia's, um, performance, then I don't know what you were doing. And then my biggest loser of the week is Bill, because Bill's eyes was just too wandery over Ariana's ass. And, um, him and, him and Reverend Jesse was just talking about it like it was, like it was something, okay, no. 
So we're not going to do that. So we're going to take a five-minute break, guys, and we will be back with the second half of the show. This is the Opinionated Brother Podcast with your boy, Devontae, episode 47, and we will be back. Love you guys. All right, what's going on, everybody? What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? Welcome to the Opinionated Brother Podcast uh, with your boy, Devontae, episode 47, back with the Opinionated Topic of the Week. we back. We. We we back we back we back we back we 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 back we back we back we back. So listen, we're talking constructive criticism, right? And you know, just like earlier in the show when I gave um, my fellow podcast my fellow podcast um, peer um, some some advice and words of wisdom. Um, that is a form of, I don't want to say constructive criticism, but that is a form of, you know, giving whole heart advice um, and being real at the same time. Um, constructive criticism really is really being able to tell somebody their flaws, but also giving them ways to improve on how they can maneuver and be great in their purpose. If, if you know, even if, um, even if you don't know their specific field of study um, or even their path or purpose, you know, giving them tools and advice and things to think about um, to propel them to the next level, but not being an asshole. You understand what I'm saying? And when it comes to constructive criticism, a lot of people don't understand that um, constructive criticism is is meant to hurt your feelings, right? What we don't understand about, first of all, criti- critics are always out here, right? Critics are always out here. I think one of me, uh, one of the things that I am, I, I am a very hard critic. I'm a critic. I am very hard on myself, first of all. I think, first of all, we as human beings in this in this day and age right, right now, we are very critical on ourselves and how we uh, really perceive ourselves and how we look at the world around us. I think because we are so hard on ourselves and because we critique ourselves so much that when somebody comes in and tries to give us great constructive criticism and tries to show us another viewpoint. I think in our generation now and in the world we're living in, our feelings get hurt so much. You know, our feelings get hurt so much in a way where criticism, whether constructive or non-constructive, is not tolerated anymore right and for me i love taking constructive criticism i for me i love it because it has propelled me and pushed me in in ways that if if it wasn't for constructive criticism if 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 it wasn't for those for my mentors my friends um those certain family friends and family members and those mentors who pushed me um and then give me that type of that, you know, that, that hard, not life love, you know what I'm saying? Just, um, 
being hard on me, you know, and, and, but loving me at the same time, uh, I think that's what made me so strong. And it was, it's what's making me so strong and giving me thick skin. Uh, A lot of people in our, in our generation right now, in the world we live in, even, even, um, outside of the generation, even older generations, what I see is that uh, a lot of us are very, um, we don't have thick skin. You know, understand what I'm saying? We don't have thick skin to take the criticism, whether constructive or non, you know, to heart. You understand what I'm saying? And and it's because we are so we are so much of a perfectionist, right? We like to sit here and be perfect at everything that we are doing. However, God knows that we are not perfect. We are not made in the image of perfect. We are the made of the image of him. However, um, so I'm sorry, off topic. <laughs> so when we are made, you know, if we are made in the image of him, we know that perfection is not, it, it's just him. You understand what I'm saying? We can try to reach perfection, but if all of us were perfect, all of us were, we would not like each other. We would not sit here and try to, um, bash each other. We would not try to sit here and try to get it, get it better than the next person. We would not try to sit here and be somebody else or try to be somebody who are not. You understand what I'm saying? Constructive criticism is literally being hard on someone, but also giving them that love and support. However, oh Lord, (laughs) a lot of people don't understand that constructive criticism needs to be constructive. You need to have somebody who is giving you, I'm going to end this live video now, um, period. You need to have people in your life that when giving constructive criticism, um, they also need to be on your, you know, on your wave. They need to be riding your wave. You understand what I'm saying? Or they need to have been supportive because without that type of support, without that type of help, you can't give me constructive criticism. You understand what I'm saying? You don't know me enough to give me constructive criticism. I take constructive criticism where constructive criticism comes. If you cannot sit here and give your own self that same constructive type criticism to yourself, what makes you think I'm about to listen to you, right? We have to also dim constructive criticism as who is, I don't want to say worthy of giving it, but if you're not in a space and in a place to give it, don't to give it to someone and you're not taking your own advice, then I need you to sit here and give constructive criticism to yourself. You understand what I'm saying? Like constructive criticism has to be deemed, kind of has to be deemed from someone who is really understanding of what you're going through and is not afraid to tell you the real. Here's the thing. How do you think organizations have gotten so great? First of all, when we think about starting an organization or organizations, period, or job or companies, what makes you think these companies have grown? It's not because they have had a yes man. Well, some of these companies have, have a lot of yes men. But for me, growth is literally being uncomfortable. 
And being uncomfortable is people telling you that you're wrong. And being uncomfortable is is people telling you that, no, that's not right. You understand what I'm saying? Being uncomfortable is getting constructive criticism. It's getting critics. It's getting criticism. You know how, people, how many people have sat here and told me what I can do better about my podcast? Right? I look for constructive criticism. I look for it. What can I do better? I've gotten it. And I've changed a lot of the, the format of how my podcast has been ran over the year. You understand what I'm saying? So when you take constructive criticism, you have to, first of all, look at the person who's giving you the constructive critic, the constructive criticism, first of all. And if they are, I hate to say worthy, but if they are not moving and working in their purpose and in their path or in their path, I'm sorry, you can't talk to me about constructive criticism, really. And if you're not doing what you need to do on your end, and if you're not taking constructive criticism to heart for you, if you're not giving your own self constructive criticism, then it's not working. It's not working. When you give somebody constructive, right, we don't understand that word of constructive because In our generation, we like to tell people what's wrong with everything. We like to tell them what is going on with everything. We like to tell them, okay, well, this is what you did wrong, for one. Constructive criticism is giving people what they did right and what they can do to work on better. The thing about constructive criticism and criticism, period, is that most of us, especially in our generation, and what I'm finding very much so is the older generations love to give constructive criticism, but don't know how to take it back from someone who is maybe even of their age or maybe even a younger age. Let me speak this right now. Age does not constitute maturity. You understand what I'm saying? I've met a lot of younger folks who are damn near a lot more mature than me. And then I've met a lot of older folks who are damn near a lot unimmature than me. Trust trust me and believe me. I've synced it. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> it's it's I don't believe age constitutes a maturity because you can literally be 40 and act like a 15, 16 year old. You understand what I'm saying? You're childish. You're not understanding life as it comes at you. So when what I find kind of crazy is that I've given constructive criticism to older more older individuals and they get so pissed because when you hit a nerve with them they don't want to listen you you expect they expect they expect you to listen to them when they give you constructive criticism but when you give it back to them they don't want to hear it because oh I'm older than you I don't give a two fucks how old you are and what age do you not do you stop taking or receiving constructive criticism. There is no age. Let me make that clear. There is no age on which you need to stop taking constructive criticism because constructive criticism needs to be had at every point in time of your life. You don't grow without it. Now, you can choose, you can pick and choose who gives it to you and you can accept who you get it from 
But when somebody in your camp that you love and adore is telling you what you need to hear, what you need to hear and not what you want to hear, because constructive criticism is telling you what you need to hear. You a lot of us have a lot of yes men in our groups. Let me let me make that. Let me let me say that again, because I don't think a lot of y'all heard me. I think a lot of us. No, I know a lot of us have a lot of yes men in our groups, the people that we hang around, the people that we associate with, the people that we call our friends. We have a lot of yes men in our groups and yes men get your ass in trouble. It will bring you down. It will not be to the point where they are trying to sit here and see you grow. If they are not trying to grow, help you grow and you are not trying to help them grow, then what the fuck are y'all doing? Let's be clear. and Let's be honest. Constructive criticism comes from people who actually care and want to see you succeed. I try to see the good in everything, and I want people to genuinely succeed in their path and their purpose. And if you ask me my opinion on something, I'm going to give you the real. I'm going to give you the almost 100%. Not even the almost, the actual 100%. I'm going to give you probably 110% because I give myself that. I check myself at the door every fucking day. That is how God has me. Right now, checking myself, he checks me before I check me. And when I check me, nobody else can check me. You understand what I'm saying? So I accept constructive criticism from those who I know who are in their path, in their purposes, and who are going to be real models toward me. Not role models. Let me say that again. Real models. I don't listen to role models. Role models can kiss my ass. (laughs) Let's be clear. I don't do role models. I do real models. If you are coming at me real from Jump Street, literally real, being authentic in who you are, your purpose, your path, you as you, nobody else, not trying to put on a face for me, then I'm going to respect that. Whether no, no color. You hear what I'm saying? This is why I don't. Period. And constructive criticism comes from people who are real models. You understand what I'm saying? I don't get that from role models. I've always, from role models, I've always gotten, you shouldn't be doing this, or you shouldn't be doing that, or you should be doing this, or you should be doing that. Real models give it to you straight. And that is constructive criticism. They give it to you to the point where they're like, okay, you need to do better. I know you can do better, but I need you to work harder and do better. Real models cuss you out and literally love on you at the same time. Because we know. I consider myself a real model. I don't consider myself a role model because I don't play them. You play roles, you're a role model. You want to go up into these schools, you be real. You be you. See, a lot of people are like, mm-mm, I, mm, you don't. Kind of filter yourself. When you tell me to filter me, that, no. And constructive criticism is literally a filter a filter of something. You know what I'm saying? Like, your filter, like, if you tell somebody, if you're trying to tell somebody or give somebody constructive criticism and they're not taking it, I'm not even going to lie to you. You're too sensitive. You are too sensitive. How do you expect to grow as a person? How do you expect your business to grow as as a as an entity, your organization, your anything. How do you expect anything to grow in your life if you cannot take constructive criticism or even non-constructive criticism? 
for role models, they give you criticism. People who aren't even in your life, they're going to critique you. People are going to smile in your face and think that everything is all peaches, creams, and rainbows. And in their head, they don't like what the fuck you're doing. They're critiquing you at every little point. You're going to get mad at them too. You're going to defend yourself at every given point. Do you know how many people critique me on my podcast that don't need to be? You understand what I'm saying? What, am I supposed to get mad at every point, waking moment that they critique? Hell no. I nod and I say thank you and I keep it moving. You understand what I'm saying? I listen to those who actually support me, first of all, who actually sit here and support me and then understand where I'm going in my path. You don't even have to, you don't even have to be in my path to understand where I am and where I'm going. But the fact that you are supporting me, I will receive and listen to the criticism and the critiques that you have about what my show brings to this community, what my show brings to this to this area, this environment. That's how it's supposed to go. But a lot of us are so sensitive in taking criticism or constructive criticism that we sit here and we're so quick to defend ourselves. We're so quick to sit here and be on the defense mode because we don't like what somebody's saying. Well, sometimes you don't like what somebody's saying because it's true. Do I need to say that again? Sometimes you don't like what somebody's saying to you. You don't like the critique because sometimes maybe, just maybe, it's true. It may be true about you. Do you know how many pills I had to swallow when pe- when my mentors had to sit here and tell me, okay, Ty, you need to get it together. You know how many pills I had to swallow when my friends came to me and sat me down and got me all the way together? Like, you have to understand. You have to take time to listen to others who are in higher, le- first of all, leadership deals with constructive criticism. You understand what I'm saying? You cannot be a leader and sit here and get mad at everyone sitting here and critiquing what the fuck you're doing. If you're going to get mad at every little thing, then you need not to even be. You need not to even be in a leadership role. You not need to start anything because you still need to figure out how to follow. If you cannot take constructive criticism, you need you need not to be even thinking about leadership. I just let let me let me go into that really quick. If you cannot take constructive criticism first, you are not going to know how to take real life criticism second. Then you're not going to know how to be a leader third. You understand what I'm saying? Because for one, if you don't know how you're going to let your friends run over you, you're going to let you are going to let everything that you have built crumble to the ground. This is how constructive criticism works um, when it's done wrong. You understand what I'm saying? So you sit here and you are the president of an organization or your business and your friends has their own business as well and they want to do an event with you. And they want to sit here and say, let's co-sponsor. Let, can you sponsor my event? And you sit here and you say yes, not understanding that 
you need to have um, a rough draft of a plan of how you're about to sponsor this event with your friend and everything like that and blah, 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 they split. And everything is now put on you because your friend decided to sit here and not do his or her due diligence on their part. So now you have to sit here and do everything yourself. Because you were afraid of hurting your friend's feelings and not telling them what needs to be said, a.k.a. constructive fucking criticism. No, I can't work with you right now. I love you, but as of right now, I can't. Why? You're unprofessional. I personally cannot work with you right now until you get your professionalism intact. You... We can still be friends, but in a business setting, in a professional setting, in this, I can't, period. So when when you sit here and you say that, then feelings get involved. Oh, you don't hurt my feelings, and oh, I don't want to fuck with you no more. See, this is why friends and businesses and organizations and all that shit, events and all that shit, will and cannot even see the light of day nowadays. Because we are so fucking sensitive in how we take so much shit. And especially when it's from our friends. And you should hear from your friends before you should hear from anybody else. Honestly. Like, I'm going to tell my friends. I have told my friends, no. (laughs) No. Hell no. You're unprofessional as hell. And you need to get that shit together. And you know how many people have been like, well, not just getting in their feelings because I'm trying to tell you something that somebody's going to tell you in the future. You know, somebody, I let me just say, I appreciate my AK side brothers for real, for real, because if it wasn't for AK side, if it wasn't for Alpha Kappa side, co-ed this fraternity, I don't think I would have had this hard ass shell of skin. Literally, seriously, period. Especially the time when I got in. You understand what I'm saying? And now I see it to where a lot of these new kids on the block, not not in my fraternity, but just period, cannot sit here and take constructive criticism for shit. They can't do a a what went wrong, uh, um, trial and error, you know, what went wrong, what went well. You know what I'm saying? Like after a year of podcasting, I had to sit here and figure out what went well, what went wrong, what do I need to throw away and what can I bring back? What's new that I can pull? You have to sit here and go through everything. You have to, first of all, give yourself constructive criticism. You have to know that sometimes you're not doing right, that sometimes You need to know that you are not doing shit correctly. And in a sense that if you have friends around you that are not helping you trying to succeed and not giving you that constructive criticism and just being yes men, then those are people in your life that are just there to ride your wave. And they are not there to actually grow you and see you succeed. When what I don't understand is that why do y'all get so offended 
you get so mad and so fucking offended so fucking quick and it's so crazy. Hell, even the older generations get offended and, and, and offended in a way. And I'm like, y'all niggas are the ones with the hard skin. And when you get constructive criticism from an age, from a person of my age, you want to get so mad and offended. Like, what is your problem? You should be able to take constructive criticism. I'm taking it from you. Oh, but you think because you, oh, no, 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 no. Age don't constitute maturity. So if you see, if I give you constructive criticism and you're 15, 20 years older than me, please understand that I may have some life under me and understand that, uh, I'm just giving <laughs> what I feel I need to give. You understand what I'm saying? Because you feel like you feel you you know you're giving me what you need to give. Just know you you're getting the same. So what I need to tell people is get out your fucking feelings. Get out of your fucking feelings. Like you're not going to move through this world always being in your feelings. <laughs> he hurt my feelings. Okay, you gonna go back to work or not? Like, <laughs> I mean, he gave you constructive criticism. Analyze it. Stop being so fucking one track minded. You need to have two dimensional, three dimensional, four dimensional mindsets. See it from another perspective. See it from a different perspective. See it from a positive perspective. Hell, there's always a positive and a, and a negative. Come on now. In every negative, there's a positive out of that. So see it from another perspective and stop being so negative. Stop being so one-track minded and stop looking at constructive criticism or criticism, period, as something to dim you down. It is not to dim you down. You're going to have failures. You're going to sit here and be critiqued by a lot of people, period. And if you cannot have hard skin and if you cannot sit here and take it and embrace it and sit there and allow it to foster into you and keep moving forward through it, and find the little bits and pieces that you can work on. And if you can't, and if you can't control it, then give it to God. Then what are you doing? Honestly. Like, seriously. I, I, I get critiqued all the time. And some of it I take, some of it I don't. But I'm not about to sit here and get. <laughs> or defend myself at every given point when somebody is literally trying to tell me when somebody is older than me trying to tell me what i can do better seriously genuinely when you are genuinely telling me what i can do better then that's a pro i've taken that it's all about what it's 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 not always about what you say it's how you say it and you have to you have to be constructive and constructive is love. You have to be in it. Support them. Continue to support them after you give that constructive criticism. But also if on the other side if you cannot take that constructive criticism then you need not to be in leadership. You need to follow first. I see a lot of this new generation love to be leaders but you don't know what a follower is. Y'all love the term leadership because you can put it on your resume. But a lot of y'all have failures because you don't know what following looks like. You need to follow first in order to be a leader. 
You need to sit here and follow and be okay with following. A lot of leaders followed another leader and that leader followed another leader. A lot of you need to learn what leadership is. And I'm talking to everybody, old and new. New and old, hell. New generation and old generation. Some of you old generation need to reevaluate your own leadership. You need to reevaluate how you think leadership is or what leadership is. Leadership is being able to sit here and be a real model to somebody, not just a role model. Not a role model, period. Because if you're playing roles, then you need not to be in leadership. Period. And I'm going to keep it a buck just like that. So understand that constructive criticism is literally some, is, is me being hard on you, but also supporting you and showing you what you can do better after all of this. You've done a lot of great things, but what can you do better? What can we improve on? What can we push forward? Being that person, being that real body, you need friends who are going to give you, you need people around you who are going to give you that constructive criticism. And you need to get out your fucking feelings. Get out your fucking feelings when people give you constructive criticism. Take it, embrace it, and let it manifest in you. And you work on it. You work on the flaws that they see. You work on it. Because maybe if you're feeling some type of way, it may be true. Hell, it is true. If you're feeling some type of way, fix it. Stop getting mad all the time. Stop crying all the time. Stop defending yourself all the time. Hell, because when you get out into here into the quote-unquote weird world, niggas are going to give you criticism, and they're going to expect you to fix it. So either you fix it now, or you fix it out there with no job. Just saying. I just want to... I'm just saying. I'm just here so I won't get fined. So, listen... All I'm saying is, last note, get out your fees when it comes to constructive criticism. You are going to get it at every point in your life. It's whether you want to receive it or not, and it's how you take it. And if you take it as somebody's attacking you, then that's all, then that's going to happen. That's going to ha- That's how you're going to live your life and work in and trying to build a business in whatever you're doing. When somebody is telling you that you're wrong or something like that and you take it to heart, you're not going to move forward. You're not. You're just going to stay still and you're going to be mad at everybody who sits here and tries to give you some type of some type of constructive feedback. Period. You want to get mad all the time? You're not going to live. So I appreciate everybody. For rocking with your boy on the first podcast of the month. Hey, hey, the first podcast of the month. Eh, for the first podcast of the month. Come on. I said the first podcast of the month. Month, 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 month. But um, I appreciate everybody for kicking it with me. Uh, like I said, man, the month of August was a great, 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 great month. Um, so my, you know, we do our 30 stat, uh, 30 stat roundup every month. And like I said, the month of August was a great month. Um, our top countries was the U.S., of course, uh, the Netherlands, the Philippines, Cambodia, and Spain. So anybody and everybody that is listening to me all across the country, all across the world, I really do appreciate you. And my top cities, 
uh, were Detroit, Michigan, San Francisco, Amsterdam, Netherlands, uh, Cleveland, Ohio, and Muskegon, Michigan. So let me just shout out to my city. My city, shout out, drop a bomb for the Detroit. One time, one time for the one time. I appreciate y'all. I love y'all so much. Uh, San Francisco, I appreciate you for listening. I don't know who listens in San Fran, but shout out to y'all. Drop a bomb for y'all. Um, Amsterdam, first of all, I knew the Netherlands was um, one of the city, well, one of the countries that have been listening to me for a couple months now. And for you to now, Amsterdam, be on the top list, um, top cities that's listening, it's just amazing. So you get a Drop, drop, drop. Uh, Cleveland and Muskegon. Like, I didn't know Cleveland. First of all, I don't even know who lives in Cleveland. Uh, and nor Muskegon. Who are you listening to Muskegon? But I just want to shout out y'all real quick. Cleveland and Muskegon out there. Um, and to everybody that continues to listen to me, I appreciate y'all. I love y'all. To my old current listeners and to my new listeners i really do appreciate you guys so thank you so much um like i said every from now on we will be dropping the podcast every monday morning uh no more dropping it on sundays we'll be dropping it every monday morning so just prepare yourselves for monday morning so when you get up and you are about to go to work refresh know that the opinionated brother podcast will be dropping as soon as you walk your happy ass right into the doorstep of your work job so i hope Everybody has a great Labor Day weekend. Um, let's see. Make sure you watch Power and Insecure. Uh, Insecure has been going crazy. I love it. Uh, Power only has two episodes left. Blah. Get the strap on 50. And uh, we'll be back next week with another episode, man. I appreciate y'all. This is the Appearing Native Brother Podcast, and we will be back next week. Y'all, I love you. Thank you so much. <laughs>